Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. What is going on, everybody? It is another episode of Pop Culture Crisis, episode 32. As a matter of fact, I love that we're keeping track now. Mm -hmm. It makes things very easily. Yes. And today I have my co-host with me. What's your name, young lady? Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. 32. Wait, aren't you 31, right? Yes. Dang, you missed our first episode. I was going to say, first episode. don't accuse me of being a year older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of the young man that we just talked about, because yeah. he is younger than me, uh, introduce yourself, sir. I am Carter Banks, and I... Uh, what do you do here? I'm a music composer and audio engineer here at Timcast. He's the music guy. He's the music yeah. guy here that keeps us afloat. He's the guy who composed the song Chicken City. I don't know if it's available. Is it? It will be soon. Um, See, I want you to create a theme song for me so that whenever I enter a room, mm-hmm. like something like Eye of the Tiger plays. I have been, that's literally, I had a drawing board when I came in mm-hmm. here and I haven't gotten to it yet because it's just been like, you know, fire mm-hmm. hose. Uh, type like lots of other stuff, but yeah. I will eventually get to entrance animation. Not you know whatever the musical Dude, I equivalent want, of an yes. animation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. I want I want entrance music to sound like a mix of Eye of the Tiger. Um, I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a mix of Eye of the Tiger and something from an early Spice One album. What's uh, a Spice One Spice album? One was a rapper from the 90s. Oh, I thought you were talking oh. about Spice Girls. No, that, that dude, that too. I was in a rock uh, band. We almost covered a Spice Girls song. Hey, nice. Hey, uh, this is a, a show about pop culture and movies, and Spice World is an underrated cult classic that everybody should see at least once. Oh, what yeah. is it? It is uh, the brainchild of the Spice Girls and I think their manager, and it's a movie based on the Spice Girls where they play themselves. Th- think like the Nicholas. Oh, Cage. it's like the Cheetah Girls movie. I don't know what that is, but probably. Um, <laughs> Wait, Nicholas based- Cage plays himself in a movie? Yeah, yeah I'm, it's okay. coming out think, soon. Think like that. Mm-hmm. Like, but more uh, just as ridiculous. There's a scene where I kid you not, uh, mm-hmm. they, they like aliens come down mm-hmm. and they're the first ones to greet aliens. Uh, and they're very, very excited by uh, Jerry, the, the red Spice Girls um, bosom. It was the 90s. I would never fly these days. It, was, it would not. It would no, not fly. We, it, the reason why Brett brought up theme songs or like 
um, entrance songs because last night we were watching this TV show called Kung Fu. This really awful show. It's called, a really it, awful it, show. It, okay, not not awful. It's just really, really. It's so CW. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike Superman and Lois, which even I have my problems with, which we'll mm-hmm. get to today. Uh, Kung Fu is everything you expect to come from uh, the C- the the CW as a network. Uh, and Miracle, uh, yes. Go ahead, finish your... It's so dumb, because, like, basically, um, the first episode, I didn't even know this was the first episode until, like, I double-checked, but basically the intro is the main character, I forgot her name already, um, basically she's like, yeah, my mom sent me to China to get a cultural trip, and, like... But it was really to get a husband. Yeah, she was like... Yeah, she tried to set me up with a Chinese man in China. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, okay. How does fly in, in current year? Well, um, it kind of exists somewhat because, like, um, China, I don't know if, like, other countries like Korea or Japan do it, but China, they kind of do it where, like, if your son is not dating anybody, they will legit go to your university and ask, like, all the women, like, hey, just date my son, please. They do it to dudes, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a coding boot camp, and mm-hmm. one of the guys was from Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he was Indian, and they he uh, went back. His mm-hmm. parents made him go back with yeah. them for, like, a whole summer to um, find a wife. Yeah, basically arranged marriages or, like, forced trips still exist. Yeah. So, the, but the point was that we, we cr- Miracle created a theme song. Yeah. An entrance song for herself. Yeah, and it was funny because yesterday nobody realized that my sweatshirt, my red sweatshirt yesterday that I was wearing, if you guys watch on YouTube, um, it said stir fried. <laughs> and they were like, stir fried. <laughs> yeah. Miracle leaning into the stereotypes. Uh, uh, yeah, and also that day I brought in um, this bottle that's like, you know, those like Instagram uh, Lolita girls that have the bottles that look like a milk container i don't know what that what those are i don't look up lolita girls yeah what do you mean (laughs) okay so basically there's like a weird trend for like boba tea houses where they put your like tea in these bottles that are shaped like milk containers and i had one too so she was uh because she was leaning because i was making matcha chai oh but why the milk container I thought it was cute. No, no, why do they do it? Do you know? Oh, um, because it's like a cute aesthetic and it reminds you of like being a little kid again. That's creepy. Huh? Oh. <laughs> a little creepy. <laughs> a little bit. Who are we to judge though, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. true. You know what? What does my opinion matter? That's true. So. Well, it's because like people like holding on to their youths. Oh, nostalgia. Their youth. Yeah. Taken their to youth. a whole new level. Youth. I can't say THs sometimes. And Brett likes to point it out. What was the word yesterday? No, there was a word yesterday that I pointed out. Poplar. Pop, yeah. Poplar. Because I pronounced the U. It's like an O mm-hmm. or an A. Yeah. yeah it is what it is. Yeah. I, I, I suck at pronouncing. No, I don't really suck at pronouncing anything, but I screw up my words all the time. Well, we're both dyslexic. Uh, I am extremely dislike, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a job where I literally read off a screen like half the day, like half my job. So that's that's the same. Always, always I answer good. emails. Would it, just out of curiosity, would it? What if you reverse the screen backwards? Would that like no? It no, doesn't work like that. It's, no. it's, it's not. Uh, see, I don't even know if it's technically considered what would be considered dyslexia. I I like uh, the words get all jumbled on the page, but it's not like I'm reading it backwards. It's yeah. it's just. Uh, and I had strong reading comprehension when I was younger. I'm assuming that it has more to do with lack of. Uh, 
attention span. Well, like in like lack of continued practice, like anything yeah. else, your your mind. Your like I had I had trouble reading when I was younger. Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it got better as I did more reading in like away from school. Right. Uh, yeah. Pleasure reading is much better for your brain because you're more engaged than you are if you're reading schoolwork. Well, like for me, I had trouble reading, but I. This is how I did it. That's why I think Audible um, books. Oh, that was game changer for me. I know. If only but we could have a sponsorship from. I know Audible that would have been that like be a cool. perfect like intro to a sponsorship. But I think Audible books are really good. Like, um, because for me, I'll read at the same time as somebody else is reading, and I can actually follow it. That's why to this day, when I watch TV, um, I have to have the subtitles on. Yeah, me and it's you kind of weird. That. No, me and you both. Well, mine's because yeah. I'm deaf in one ear. A lot so of people I, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Like when I was living with my um, relatives, they thought that it was really weird. They're like, "Dude, you can hear. Why do you it have?" It used to be mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, they're like, um, "Why do you have the subtitles on?" And well, I'm like, "I have. I can't focus unless like I have it read." And Carter would know. Like mm-hmm. sometimes the audio mix isn't good. So yeah. like, how many yeah. movies have you watched where like uh, the explosions are insanely loud, but then the talking is super quiet because of how it's mixed in oh, post? So mm-hmm. much. Uh, or it's or it's because it's meant for a surround sound system and you just don't have surround sound. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, subtitles are. I'm a dub and sub person. I, I listen to the dub and I put dub the sub and on. Sub. Yep. I'm a yeah, dub and sub person. I do the same thing. Like for me, if I'm watching a foreign film, I prefer sub because like I. Um, I want the authentic. So you don't do the same thing. You no, do no, different I, thing. No, I, I do. do d- I do dub and sub. You just do sub. What does that mean? No, no. So you have like dub the is people like, talking over it in English, mm-hmm. and then you have the subtitles of it in English or yep. different. Yeah, yep. he does it. That's exactly no, right. I do it sometimes because um, there's a Netflix show. It's better than G Force. Um, I forgot what it was called, but basically, like all the guys like turn into like magical drag queens. And they fight like around the world. It's better because what? it's made in Brazil. <laughs> okay, it's made in Brazil. Oh, okay, it's so much better. So but it, it lacks the American sensibilities mm-hmm. that would but, ruin it. I yeah. noticed that their their uh, stuff is a little bit different than. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, entertainment in general. Uh, when you go from country to country, is mm-hmm. far far different. But yeah. as I was saying, so I watched it both sub and dub, and I. I like the sub one more with the subtitles on because it's so funny because they have two different references. Yeah. So like, when you read the sub, it's talking about Pokemon, like they were making a weird anime reference. But then um, the sub said Pokemon, but the dub voice said something totally different. And I was like, what is happening? It happens. You think mm-hmm. they'd have better machine learning or whatever? No, no. It's, those are do- that's done by a person. Really? Yeah, yeah they're still done by people. Yep. Like um, that's transcribed. Mm-hmm. Instagram has a. Auto-generated caption doesn't work very well, but no. One day AI will do it perfectly. It's always funny when people are like, "I'm so scared of artificial intelligence," and it's like, "It's you're like, hello," and it's like, "Halo." Yeah. Uh, so it can't get it right yeah. But we've got a bunch of stuff to talk today We're going to talk about this hilarious I knew when I read this Andrew Garfield article That this was going to be the funniest You're topic welcome. So I'd already had it Sorry I, I already, It was on Bounding into Comics And that's always the first place to check Okay uh, I usually Like usually by the time you send me stuff I got like three-fourths of them Yeah But uh, when you give me articles It kind of encourages me to choose some of them uh, In that case mm-hmm. And then me and Miracle Are going to review the first episode Of Superman and Lois Season 2 I have thoughts carter will have to ta- will not be able to really tag in there but he can ask questions if, if he has if he has are questions. you familiar with like superman and lois the series uh, i'm familiar with the concept
concept. No, but it's, not the series. It's a. Uh, it's it's just a modern. Uh, there was a show called uh, Lois and Clark in like the nineties or mm-hmm. oh, like uh, there was uh, a show about that. It was a Superman yeah. and Lois show back then, starring Dean Cain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a modern day version of Superman uh, taking place. It's about him raising his family and trying to be Superman at the same time. It's very good, though. I have problems with this premiere. Well. Uh, uh, we'll we'll get to true, it, yeah. and then uh, we're going to talk about Studio Six Six Six, which is uh, a new uh, a new uh, horror comedy starring David Grohl. Of all, like I feel like David Grohl is going to come up at least once every time. Mm-hmm. We should just get you a Foo, a Foo Fighters new, theme song. Uh, the new guy. We should yeah. get you a Foo mm-hmm. Fighters theme song. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Jamie Lynn Spears and an interview she did. I, I made the audible change on that topic today, and I've got some uh, thoughts on that as well. Mm-hmm. And then in Podluck, which is the we have officially settled on that name. Podluck. Uh, we're pod. going to talk mm-hmm. about a new movie called Gen Zeros. We're going to talk about The House on Nightmare on Elm Street. We're going to talk about The Batman finally getting its rating, its official rating. Mm-hmm. And there's a funny story about uh, Diane Kruger and Quentin Tarantino I want to talk about mm-hmm. for uh, more more related to the to the um, entertainment journalism aspect of it than yeah. anything else. Wait, so, quick question. Mm-hmm. So... Wait, are, so there's a movie that's called Generation Zeros. I didn't. Oh yeah, you don't look at the artist before. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk. Yeah, it's it's not out yet. It's 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 being made. It's it's got an interesting concept. We'll talk about it when well, we get there. For me, like the reason why I asked that because like aren't we on Generation Alpha right now? I have no idea. What aren't we in? Um, it's not beta, is it? Because like for me, we're doing poor people being born yeah. in Generation Beta. Yeah. I know because like right now, they're Generation doing... Cuck after that. <laughs> oh God, you're doomed. What generation is it now? This is Brave New World sounding ask. Yes, so I say we'll get right into it. We'll talk about it. But there's some mm-hmm. in, there's the 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 concept behind it. It's not enough for a full segment, but it's got like an interesting concept behind mm-hmm. it involving NFTs. So. Oh, um, so we're gonna go right into it here. There's our screen. It all mm-hmm. comes up. We look good there. We do. Our me and Carter look like we match mm-hmm. here with our backgrounds. As uh, per and, usual. And Miracle looks like an explosion of color <laughs> happened on her palette. Yeah. On her backsplash. So that's good. So this story well, is fr- coming from Bounding into Comics from John F. Trent. I love John F. Mm-hmm. Trent. And it says. Andrew Garfield claims he lost out on Narnia role because he wasn't handsome enough. And this is funny because I'm going to show you a a picture of the dude he lost out to after we read it. And uh, it makes perfect sense because the guy's cast that way. So it says, Spider-Man No Way Home actor Andrew Garfield recently detailed that he lost out on the role of Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, because he was not handsome enough. Garfield's comments came during an interview on Entertainment Tonight where host Matt Cohen asked the actor, quote, talk about a rejection that set you back in your career. I like to always bring this up because it makes us reflect a bit, something that maybe set you back in your career that really resonated during the process. And Garfield answered, I was thrown back in my early 20s when I was just out of drama school thinking, am I going to survive? I would have taken anything. The first job I ever did was a Doritos commercial in Spain where I was playing air guitar uh, as it were a as it were a Dorito uh, at the as a plectrum plectrum is that a type of guitar? I you um, know what? I don't know. And I was like, mm-hmm. I've made it. I just made two grand for two days worth of work. That's it. It's <laughs> over. Good. But no, I had a big spell of unemployment, which I uh, which I think is kind of necessary. Luckily, th- l- lucky thing in a way, I think that uh, it was my Jonathan Larson sub- suburbia moment. Suburbia? I don't know what that is. 
Must have been a movie or a TV show mm-hmm. or a, a book, maybe. Uh, he elaborated, quote, I had a year and a half of waiting tables and working at Starbucks, and I was a cricket coach. I was doing anything, like telemarketing, the whole thing. I wonder how many of those jobs are like, did he actually telemarket? Maybe Coaching he were Coaching crickets, that's not even a real job. That's not a real so. thing. Nobody no, coaches. No. You got to know what a crumpet is to that. understand cricket. Yeah. <laughs> no? no. Jesus. I was, th- I was talking about the actual crickets, the bug. No, no, he's talking about the sport. Yeah. Um, I know. In my qu- okay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> my quote was from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, which oh, you can see yeah. when he says, "Cricket, nobody understands cricket. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket." I, I know also what a is. My, ha- oh, that's yeah. Raphael when he's battling Casey Jones mm-hmm. in the park. Yeah, and then Jones knocks him into a garbage I can. I have a Raphael cr- sticker. It's hidden. If people oh, can find it. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I just think it's funny. You always hear these stories of like the celebrities, <laughs> like how they, they, they pay their dues, right? And I bet you like three-fourths of it is true, but some of it is embellishment. They're like, they work 12, 15, 15 jobs at once to, to make it in I Hollywood. I mean, dude, anyone who goes to drama school... You're going to... You're accepting that you're going to... Not hating gonna, on anyone going to drama school, but I wouldn't expect to be able to skate by... You know, and yeah. not have to work super hard because no. you're gonna have to move someplace that's inherently expensive. Oh yeah, if you're going to be an actor, you have to move to what New York or California, both yeah. really expensive places. No, you're in California. Honestly, I've yeah. done the, the New York acting stuff, and before, I so. and I brought this up because you were uh, this this Wait. beautiful human specimen was a model, so he, he knows what it's like model, to be. Yes. He, he knows what it's like to be uh, handsome enough. <laughs> it's tough. Well, also. That kind of reminds me of a time when uh, it was my freshman year and I was in an improv class because I needed a class to fulfill one of my requirements and this like filled out two and I was in it and the teacher, she was like a drama teacher and she's like, um, all my students who are drama majors, I believe that they can get jobs because they know how to act their way to get a job. I'm like, oh. That's not how the real world works. I know. And I was like, keep telling yourself that, lady. I've acted my way into a job I couldn't do before, and then Mm -hmm. I got un... Hired. Unhired. Wow. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like that meme of like the, it's like a dog mm-hmm. like with ducks on a pond. <laughs> and it says like when you lie in your resume and get the job, but get the job anyway. Well, it was, yeah, it's pretty funny because mm-hmm. it was a, I was a bartender. It was a bartender job. Yeah. And I was like, I know about alcohol and mm-hmm. I, wrote, I drink. Like I was, so I was a bartender in, um, what is that Rebel Wilson movie? Uh, How to be single. Oh, I ended yeah. up cutting the scene, but mm-hmm. it was, oh, I you, had bartending experience from that mm-hmm. uh, or at least looked like one. So oh, wait, you were in that movie? Uh, well, technically, but, but it um, ended up in the cutting they room cut, floor. They cut the scene because mm-hmm. somebody from I think it was like Wilhelmina Models. Uh, they had one of their people there, and mm-hmm. they elevated the scene to somebody brought shots out to her on the floor oh. instead of her coming to the bar. So I was bummed, but bummed. it's okay. Spent twelve hours on set and Wait. looked like a bartender. So. Does that mean you got your SAG card? I think in order to have the SAG card, you have to have six films in a year, or mm-hmm. at least maybe that's how it was back then. But uh, wow. I was getting there. Who the hell is acting in six? Or maybe it's like six productions a year, not maybe. films. Y- like, yeah, yeah, just anything. Like six yeah. films a year would be insane. I got close. Um, did a Mountain Dew commercial and some other Okay, stuff. so six uh, tele, like, marketed products or, or I think filmed. so, and then okay. you can apply for it. Okay, so as long as it's like commercials. Which oh my are like, God, can yeah. you still do it to this day or no? Yeah. No, he can't be. They, they've banned him from the industry. Oh well, if they find they're out, like, like you work for Tim Pool. Yeah, you're you're banned. Honestly, mm-hmm. oh man, I I don't know how anyone else there because like you do mm-hmm. a lot of like model waiting jobs like yeah. uh, and catering and stuff. Mm-hmm. And with COVID, I don't know how 
a lot of people are doing that. Oh, that's so true. But but this is what's funny about this is mm-hmm. like they talk about how he, who he lost the role of uh, Prince Caspian to was an actor named Ben Barnes. Now Ben Barnes played uh, Billy uh, Billy Russo mm-hmm. in the in the Punisher show on Netflix, yeah. and he's literally called Beautiful Bill. Like he's like the joke in the show is that he's really really freaking handsome because he ends up getting his face destroyed at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So because the whole season's about him just being really good looking. So if you look at these pictures. Andrew Garfield kind of looks like Mary, like he yeah, kind of looks like it. slightly less handsome Ben Barnes. Mm-hmm. Not that they're not both good looking, you know, but yeah. uh, it's it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it says um, his good looks would help him land the role of Billy B- Billy Russo as Billy the Butte in Netflix as the Punisher. And I, what I thought was interesting about this article is he seems very grateful for like the struggles he had to go through, mm-hmm. right? Whereas you hear a lot of celebrities these days, like we're going to talk about uh, Diane Kruger later mm-hmm. and her issues, uh, like trying to work for Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. and a lot of people sound so bitter uh, and make it about something that it's not like I didn't get this role because of sexism I didn't get role this role because of some other or maybe you're so, just not a good actor or you didn't fit or, the role or you just weren't the right mm-hmm. person for the role so like uh, maybe maybe it wasn't some social ill maybe mm-hmm. you just weren't the right person for the job but what I find is that the people who tend to be successful tend to have a more you know gratitude is a what's the term gratitude is a superpower like gratitude. to be grateful for what you have and to be able to look at things in that way is uh is going to benefit you every day of your life well also i feel like andrew garfield is very humble too plus he's successful now Mm -hmm. so it's a lot easier to be like oh it was so rough and by god it was a good learning experience Mm -hmm. but in the moment i'm sure he didn't feel Mm -hmm. feel that way well also what would we do without all those actors who wanted to be actors who are our waiters at the Cheesecake Factory? Yes. How would how would those Cal- uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. you're from California. You're like, how would I have gotten That's my this- cheese? How would I have gotten my cheesecake? I've never been there. You've never been there. I heard this magical place, and I never been there. We the first That's time when 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 <laughs> we got brought when when they flew me out here. Yeah. Uh, the first thing we did like that weekend after skating was like go to Cheesecake Factory. I never been there, and I passed it like once, and I was like, "That's cool." And and like I was watching, the only reason why I called it magical because this one milk bonger, uh, bonger what what milk bonger? I said milk bonger. <laughs> what the hell is a milk bonger? No milk muck, muck bonger. So muck banger. Yeah. What is that? Basically, they eat on camera and they get money for that. So it's like a um, foodie, like an influencer, a food influencer. Yeah, but for her, so her name is uh, Stephanie. Stephanie Liu okay or no Sue my bad Stephanie Sue she's one year older than me and like um, she does this but she talks while eating and she doesn't finish the food usually they finish it but she doesn't that must be like a learned skill set to be able to attractively eat on camera while talking she's not even eating it really no she is like she's she's eating it in like big proportions like she eats but she has a clever way where like she eats it while talking so, so interesting. Her mouth open and talking. That no, she puts it to the side of her cheek. Like a squirrel. Yeah, huh. it's so cute. And like, um, the reason why I brought it up because like she had one episode where she was eating Cheesecake Factory and she's like, "Look, my favorite egg roll spring rolls, like the avocado spring rolls." And I was like, "That sounds magical. I want that." We should go there sometime. <laughs> I want that. Yeah, research. We're gonna have a foodie section just for me where I'm just doing research. 
It's a tax write-off. <laughs> she can eat all she wants and write it off. It says, yeah. as for Garfield, he obviously reprised his role as Spider-Man in Spider-Man No Way Home. His other projects in 2021 include the role of Jonathan Larson in the, in the Netflix musical Tick, Tick, Boom, mm-hmm. and Jim Baker in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. In 2022, he expected to play Char- he is expected to play Charles Ryder in the TV miniseries Bride's Head Revisited. I don't know what that is. Uh, and Pyre uh, in, under <laughs> the, in Under the Banner of Heaven. His biggest role of his career, including... <laughs> sorry, I'm having yeah. hiccups. You weren't even into the microphone on that, and it was loud. I'm sorry, audience. It's okay. Um, so he was also... Remember, he was also in uh, in the social network mm-hmm. uh, as, as Eduardo Severn. Oh! Uh, and the fantastic war drama Hacksaw Ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's done plenty well for himself, uh, but I just thought this was funny because <laughs> they are both... Uh, the other guy is just kind of slightly more... He's very suave. He's very yeah. It's the, I think it's the hair, maybe it's no, the, the it, jawline. It's more like he has that smoldering look that people like. He looks like the guy from you, mm-hmm. except for oh, we're like talking about the other guy. Oh, the the mm-hmm. no, the other guy. The other guy looks like he's straight out of a Dior ad. Yeah. Wait, mm. are you familiar with um, Narnia Chronicles? Of course. Yeah. So he's the prince. I thought he wasn't the prince. No, no, the one we're talking, mm-hmm. they're comparing them here. Oh. Yeah. So Ben Barnes, the the guy who played the prince, is literally like a kind of a better looking version of of Got Andrew it. Garfield. Uh, of course, that's all up to personal taste. Uh, but the the, the Ben Barnes dude just looks exactly like he I'm just got. I'm showing Carter just yeah, for I have reference. No internet. So um, him. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So he plays as the prince when he was younger. Where is it? Uh, got it. Uh, oh, right here. So when he was younger, is that he a touch t- screen. Yeah. Wow. It's a tablet and a com- no and a laptop. Way. I didn't know that until like three months after I had it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, he played as the prince in Narnia, and like okay. Andrew Garfield was supposed to get that role, but they said he wasn't handsome enough. Uh, gotta see that in writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or no, okay. You know what? We're gonna go back to. Uh, I'll find it in the if it's in the article but that yeah, I'm looking at here. Do you know how to um, do the smoldering look since you used to be a model? What's the smoldering look? Where like. You're just like blue steel from uh, Zoolander. Yeah, I can do that. Can you do that on camera for us? Get ready, ladies. It just That's <laughs> it. Oh. I think don't your lips have to be more pursed? Well. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like... Maybe that's maybe they asked Andrew Garfield they're like for his audition they're like can you do a smoldering look and yeah. he's like and he just smiled he just smiled they were like no 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 less smiling no teeth yeah. so so what happened <laughs> no was teeth. what happened was that there was a part here where they like he he like bugged it like he thought he was going to get the role in Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. it says I remember I was so desperate Garfield 38 said during an interview with Entertainment Tonight I auditioned for Prince Caspian in the Chronicles of Narnia and thought this could be it this could be it and then that handsome actor Ben Barnes ended up getting the role the Marvel uh, actor recalled being a major contender for the role of Prince Caspian saying I think it was down to me and him and I remember being obsessed mm-hmm. uh, it says uh, eventually he like he kept bugging his agent about it like why didn't I get the role why didn't I get the role he says she eventually broke down under my incessant nagging and it was just like oh. it's because they don't think you're handsome enough Andrew Oh. He recalled Ben Barnes is a very handsome, talented man. So in retrospect, I'm not unhappy with the decision. I was going to say, and I think he did a beautiful job. You know, he lost mm-hmm. it to somebody who deserved it. it it's like uh, you know, that's what it's it's literally it's like when you if you're in the semifinals of a playoff game uh, of the playoffs, mm-hmm. you want the team that beats you to win so that you lost to the team that wins. Also, yes. if Chris Carr was here, I could have brought up the fact that he's an English act, um, actor, 
and yep. he was from London. You, um, he's from the UK, so that could be another thing. Both of them are. Uh, I think uh, Andrew Garfield's got one parent that's American. Yeah, let me double check that just but in case. But like, Chris Carr hates. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, he doesn't hate. He he is a joke. When British he does American that. actor. That's yes. what Andrew Garfield yes. is. Yes, I think I believe his dad's British and his mom's. Uh, but American he was born in like California. Yep. That's the difference. But he grew up in, in the UK. He's <laughs> yeah. got a bri- he's got the he's accent. Got the accent. <laughs> he's got the accent yeah. when he's not playing Spider Man. But also do you think the factor is that he's a little bit shorter than uh Ben Barnes? Because Could Andrew, be. Andrew Garfield is five ten and then Andrew Barnes is uh Andrew. I mean Ben. Ben Barnes. Ben Barnes is six one. See, I don't know if mm-hmm. that really matters because Tom Cruise is like five three. Everyone gives that example. Mm-hmm. That is the exception. I guess that, that is, is not the, the rule. Uh, I am right. five foot five. Trust me, it matters uh, in Hollywood. Hey, it, man, it, I'll say I walk into so many agencies that measured me and said, "Like, get the f out." Yeah, no. like yeah. it's it's just see now. But see what we could be doing is saying this is sexism. They're uh, no, they're, no, 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 no. You can say this is height. This is heightism. I am being discriminated against on the basis of my height. Mm. And frankly, I want to file a complaint with the SPCA. Animals. Sorry, the SPLC. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brett is secretly an animal. I am secretly an animal. That is but correct. Sir, uh, the SPCA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's going to be one of those days, is it? Hey, I entered Maybe. my cat for a competition for like cutest animal for kiss fm and he mm-hmm. got to like the top five boom Ooh. and he didn't win so didn't. i could have called Dude, the your cat, it's like that. a show cat that kind i of, wanted him to be mm-hmm. like, that kind of reminds me of this one guy that really wanted to date me and he was telling me that his dog was actually like the basically the offspring of a war-winning show dog he's like yeah i bought her from um this rich family and he thought this would woo you well like he was like showing me all his collections he had like limited edition comic books like he had a limited edition disney stuff i don't know if this guy knows that he was not going about this the right way a uh, cool car <laughs> um yeah. large bank account mm-hmm. um no and he told me like yeah i met snoop dogg does that interest you and like um this wow. was when i was this tw- is the worst like pickup ever like, no no oh, because so like humble no because like i was kind of interested with him because like um this is when i was 21 she's like i do love rare vintage comic books no, no, and, no. And, and show dogs no no um i liked him more for his personality i didn't know about like him being like a little bit well off until he started doing that because he wanted me to oh date i think him. you told me the story yeah he wanted point. me to date him so badly and so he's he like changed his personality to that well the the reason why I didn't want to date him after that because it was election season and he turned on me. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, he turned on me and like that's where I didn't want to date him. Actually, speaking mm-hmm. of uh, geopolitics, it is absolutely a part of yep. this segment here. And it's one of the reasons why you, you won't know this because you did not see this episode, but mm-hmm. me and Miracle are going to talk about for a few minutes about Superman and Lois. Oh, boy. Um, I can already see issues I want to say that I liked it because the stuff that I like, I, I still like. But first of all, um, what did you think of? Uh, well, let's, let's say first of all, the, the, <clears throat> this, this, the episode is basically about dealing with the aftermath of season one, mm-hmm. which shows um, Steel, uh, his daughter Natalie, uh, arrives from another planet, from another Earth, mm-hmm. uh, and on their Earth. Uh, John Henry Irons uh, is married to that Earth's Lois Lane. Mm -hmm. But on this Earth, Lois Lane is married to Superman, right? Mm -hmm. So John Henry Irons' daughter comes through to this Earth, and the first thing he sees is 
John Henry Irons and Lois, but this is not the Lois from their Earth. And, that and broke my heart because she said mom, and yeah. like Lois stared at her. She had no reaction yeah. whatsoever. And the, the, one of the strongest points of this episode is when she talks about feeling guilty mm-hmm. about how she had no reaction to this girl like looking at her like she's her mom. Because mm-hmm. that's what would actually happen. If imagine somebody from another Earth comes here and you have no connection to them, but mm-hmm. they have a connection to you. It's actually really sad to think about. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, but also um, the recap episode before that happening, um, Lois was telling, I think it was Jonathan or uh, Jordan, one of the twins. She was telling one of the twins that bef- um, before Natalie came, um, when they were 18 months old, she had a baby, but she miscarried. So like That would have been their Natalie. Yeah, that um, would have been their Natalie, but she miscarried. Ooh. And she was like, I only had you guys. I was okay. But then they show a sequence where she went to therapy yep. for it because like she still feels bad. And she was like, if I had that baby, that would have been Natalie. Like our okay. version of Natalie. Is, so that happened in real life or the show? In the, the show. show. Okay. So um, I'm just going to read some of this article mm-hmm. here and then we'll get into it. So Superman Lois returned to the CW for its second season. CW, which we now stands for a combination of... Uh, CBS, CBS and, and Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers. Yes. We're searching up uh, what it meant. This uh, is the reason why he brought it up. So it's for its second season on Tuesday, introducing a new enemy and a new friend with benefits mm-hmm. and otherworldly mystery that will continue to unfold uh, in the coming weeks. Let's dive right in, shall we? So it says it's uh, much of the drama in the first hour came from Lois's inability to wrap her brain around Nat- uh, around the Natalie situation, constantly ping-ponging between feeling like she should be drawn to her daughter from another Earth and wondering why she isn't. And what it does is it makes Lois, I this isn't meant to be mean, mm-hmm. extremely annoying. She is uh, because she's like she's bitchy at mm-hmm. she's bitching at everybody. Mm-hmm. I get what they're trying to go. She she's gone through it in like an emotional uh, an emotional moment mm-hmm. that's affecting her behavior. But it gets to the point where it's it's not just that hers. Everything is becoming extremely CW. Mm-hmm. The melodrama is already sinking in. The CW is seeping in. It, yeah, it is. It's, it doesn't feel like an HBO Max mm-hmm. series. Now, we're going to give this the benefit of the doubt and say this could just be a one-off. It could just be a bad episode. But the other thing that sucks is they're including politics uh, as topics now, which mm-hmm. means they're including like a local mayoral, mayoral election. Mm-hmm. And that would be fine. But then they're also including uh, the, the new general who's taking over for General Lane. Mm-hmm. General Lane, which is Lois Lane's dad, was also Superman's uh, American correspondent in the, at the DOD. Um, the new guy, um, basically, it's becoming about whether Superman is loyal to America or loyal to the world mm-hmm. now the giving them the benefit of the doubt it, it didn't become a topic until recently where they're talking about the phrase truth justice in the american way mm-hmm. which is the original superman motto which has been yeah. it's been kicked to the curb for its uh truth justice in a better tomorrow which is the most bland boring sounding uh thing you've ever heard in your entire life so it's literally becoming like whether they mean to or not this is going to turn i, I it, if this continues and they focus on these topics, a local political election, I think that one could be done fine. Mm-hmm. Doing the the geopolitics of Superman, I don't think they've read their audience well because the people who love this show love it for the fact that it has been beautifully mm-hmm. apolit- apolitical and un, uh, unmotivated by agenda. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a story of a dad who happens to have an extraordinary responsibility raising a family and being Superman for the world. And he was always Superman for the world mm-hmm. in the show, right? And they never, uh, in, in the first season, they didn't really address the uh, America aspect of it. He's from America. 
uh, uh, he, he landed here in America. Yeah. He works with the DOD, mm-hmm. but in the in the show, basically, he um, he saves like a, a Russian. Or no, I'm sorry, a North Korean nuclear sub and returns mm-hmm. it to North Korea. And the new general is like, "Why couldn't you have just left it here in America?" Mm-hmm. Now I get what uh, why Superman's like annoyed, but also it's like. What do you expect? Like the general, that's his job. That general's job is to protect America, not to protect mm-hmm. uh, the glo- global interests. And so he makes it about America versus the world. But they're they're framing this general as the bad guy, mm-hmm. so, right? I see. So it, it's already seeping into it. Like I said, we have to give it more than one episode before we write it off. Maybe. <sighs> Yeah, but like how you said, we need to give it more time. There was almost um, no Superman, though. It was like those. It was that scene at the beginning mm-hmm. with the submarine, and there was a scene at the end where the the two uh, prototype Superman uh, basically save people from a rock slide, mm-hmm. and it just feels like it's going to become about a bunch of melodrama. The teen stuff didn't really work when everybody's bummed and annoyed. Yeah, I I don't know because like for me like. The episode that I had a problem with was like when Lois walked into Jordan's room and she's like, Oh my God, put yeah. on your clothes. Candace, you get out. You haven't yeah. been dating him for that long. Get out. Get out of my house right and now. She uses the device to call Superman for mm-hmm. emergencies to tell him that their their son had a girl in their room, which is ex- an extreme overreaction. Yeah, but I love it. This what this is what makes me laugh because like when Clark comes in, basically she said, our son was half naked. And I'm like, girl, he had jeans on. That's not half naked. Technically that's half naked. It, it is. But for me, like, okay, you prove. Did he have socks on? That is the question. We have no idea. Uh, but, but what's funny about it is I feel it's like Tyler Hoechlin who plays mm-hmm. Superman, he literally lets, like when he's playing Clark Kent, he like lets her walk all over him. Mm-hmm. Like she, she walks, she's, uh, she's clearly like, he's only the alpha in the fact that like he's Superman. Mm-hmm. When he's like, he's the most level-headed oh. person in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Speaking about alpha, you remember that one scene with um, Jordan's, yeah, the, uh, Jordan's girlfriend, Sarah, where she's talking to her dad and he said, you're the alpha of the relationship Dude, and i think it's gonna go even worse mm-hmm. there's this part uh, so basically there's uh lana lang uh lana lang cushing and mm-hmm. uh her husband are part of the show as well mm-hmm. and uh lana lang was best friends with superman growing up right mm-hmm. so lana their daughter their their daughter sarah is dating uh jordan, S- jordan which is mm-hmm. one of uh the the, the, Cl- the kent's two twin two kids right mm-hmm. and first of all the the lana not lana sarah gets off the bus from summer camp mm-hmm. and is like disinterested and then the, she has like this giddy face when she's getting in the car. I already think they're gonna they're gonna turn her uh, bisexual oh, and say man. she met someone at, yep. at at band camp. Yep. Like because she seems she's showing no interest in Jordan anymore. I can see that totally being a or no, but him. like the whole scene where like she's talking to her dad because like Jordan did the cutest thing where like he had candles on the lake yep. and like then she said I'm not feeling it. Yep. And then um. Yep. He, he goes back home and he's talking to Jonathan who got in trouble earlier with his girlfriend. Um, he's like, oh, how did it go? And he's like, oh, she liked it. And he was like, oh, what else happened? He, he was like, oh, um, the only reason I got home early because she said I'm not feeling it. And Jonathan was like, did she really say that? And he was like, yeah, what about it? And he was like, uh, I'm not trying to scare you or anything, but that's kind of alarming. Yeah. Like, that's a kind that's kind of alarming. And then they cut to a scene where Sarah's talking to her dad and her 
and she's telling her dad exactly what happened and he was like it was too much wasn't it oh yeah and she well, was like normal yeah and she was like yeah it was too much for me and he was like well you just need to remember this like he he's like just scared and he just wants to show you how much he loves you but you have to remember you're the alpha of the relationship yep the, and then he well. con- and then she was like that was really good advice dad for once it's in character mm-hmm. at least for 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 jordan because mm-hmm. jonathan is clearly more of an alpha male yeah uh, being the football player well and also jordan has social anxiety, anxiety disorder so yeah. it makes sense to call him the he's not the alpha in the situation mm-hmm. but like i said all this stuff adds up to me feeling like it's going in a bad direction the uh one i I will say a big positive the cgi was still fairly decent um uh, the sub scene mm -hmm. was was all right uh of course every time superman saves someone it has to be at night because Mm -hmm. cgi they can't afford to do cgi during the day there was less of the beautiful uh golden hour shots of the farm Mm -hmm. i missed that aspect of it now i will say Unused again is the actor who plays John Henry Irons mm-hmm. uh, because he is a fantastic actor. He is, the daughter is really annoying, but I don't is. think that's her fault. I, I don't think that's the actress's fault. It's just the dialogue is really bad. No, like I hated the scene because like he's looking for his daughter, like which I really like because it shows that he's like a caring father yep. and like she's still new to their yep. new earth. And like he was like, where are you been? And she's like, I was out. And he's like, you've been out three hours after school she's like i'd left after first period yeah and he was like what like in the guy i just feel i feel so bad for mm-hmm. the guy because he's a fantastic actor yeah that, that, i don't know his name's like wole parks or something i don't yeah. know how to pronounce it but that guy is really really good and the daughter is probably a really good actress but the dialogue is just it's so cw yeah uh, and that's a problem because the first season did not the teen drama was done in a way that felt very earnest mm-hmm. and true to life and now it's falling back into melodrama and i hate that yeah like, it's pronounced wolves sorry i wolves? just searched yeah wolves yeah w-o-l-e-s no well sorry i pronounce certain things with an s but you know what i mean so how do you pronounce? i don't <laughs> what do you, how, you pronounce E's like an S? No, 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 I do that a lot. Like where I add S's when they're not needed. So, so is it wool? wool? It's wool. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're good. So that's uh, but mm-hmm. that guy's awesome. Yeah, he and that is. guy, and I hope he's comes back to steal. Also missing from this episode was any of Dylan, uh, Dylan Walsh as mm-hmm. General Lane now private citizen lane because he retired uh, from mm-hmm. the government. Uh, and that guy who plays the new general, I'll give him credit. He plays a fantastic dickhead. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like, like, they even put like this foreboding music behind him whenever he's there. He's like, well, if he's like, nobody said America could only have one Superman because there's like, they have like uh, gifted people in this universe yeah. and they're training them to be Superman as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you saw the scene at the end, that was clearly a, a callback. Uh, Doomsday is yeah. going to be the big bad of this. Uh, yeah, the rumors are. I, I, I think that's a bad. I, I would have gone. Why can't they do Brainiac? Brainiac would be good. Or, but I think they're just trying to. It's going to be a global threat, right? Because mm-hmm. so it's going to be like uh, maybe the new general is going to be like, yes, maybe Superman should be for the world, ignoring the fact that other countries have their own interests. It's like you're the CW, you don't have the you don't have the cap to pull off this type of geopolitical message in mm-hmm. your stuff. So leave that to like. Actually, I wouldn't trust anything in Hollywood to be able to do that uh, mm-hmm. on a fair in a fair way these days. But uh, if you were to watch something like this, would the, that type of political discussion turn you off of it, or would or that interest you? 
It would turn me off of it. Uh, yeah. Especially if it's a show that you watch for the opposite reason. To give an example would be, I don't know if you guys are familiar with you. Mm-hmm. you seen I it? am, yeah. Did you see the latest season? I've seen about half of it. Um, are you okay with spoilers? No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> don't spoil it for me. But okay, but there, yeah. There's the a l- part about vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, but the last episode, I think it's worth to watch. Oh, I'm going to finish it. I just See, don't have the, the Netflix subscription right now. We've been watching um, Dexter. Watch hey, don't spoil mm-hmm. Dexter for me either. I know the uh, mm-hmm. last uh, episode just came out. We've been watching Dexter. I'm just saying, but and, and they've done a fairly good job of like, there's climate change stuff in there, mm-hmm. but then there's also stuff about the opioid epidemic, yeah. which are two competing narratives from different sides of the aisle yeah. so they're like it's still got that stuff in there mm-hmm. i didn't notice it at all exactly like that it's when it's done best i, I was telling yeah. her my my thesis is like you know what causes us to notice it it's not the topics it's the buzzwords mm-hmm. you Maybe. can do the same thing don't mention mental uh, mental health say uh mental state like literally right. it's those words become limbic triggers because you read so much about this stuff all day every yeah. day mm-hmm. uh don't say uh climate change say um, something about being a, a, a weather er- differences. No, no. Like you say something like, "I'm a." I'm There's a, a change in the weather. Environmental yeah. activism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. Change the language because those buzzwords are limbic triggers that will just immediately turn you off if it's something you don't want to talk about. They use to, the, they use the buzzwords in you because they don't like, have. What? They they yeah. don't have the, the the writing caliber. That was what Superman and Lois did. That stuff was there was one example in season one where they call uh, Morrissey like a xenophobic has been. Mm-hmm. But even just like the like those words or like uh, there's the scene where like the the La- Lana's dad or husband yeah. was like the fire chief and he's like he's like in the ladies like you hired me on not just a woman but a black woman. I'm like this isn't 1940s. The uh, uh, Mississippi. This is yeah. 2022. It, it's a small town, but it's not a bunch of hillbillies. They're just yeah. so like they're treating them like they are. Yeah, which kind of annoys me. But that was a very rare example of that happening in Superman and Lois. Yeah, it, it's for the most part been kept out of of that show. So I think they're doing themselves a disservice. I don't know if the director or the showrunner is like in tune enough with his audience mm-hmm. to know what's going to turn people off of it. Because to get those types of numbers, because it's the highest of all the superhero shows on the CW. Yeah. People aren't watching that network uh, right now. Nobody's watching uh, Batwoman. Nobody gives a crap about uh, about The Flash anymore. Like, people watch Superman and Lois because it's not like those other shows. Yep, mm. Riverdale has lost its moment. Yep. So, uh, hopefully that this is just a, a single part to this episode and it doesn't become a longer, a longer you know, running problem. But uh, in general... I, I was less than satisfied with this episode, and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see where it goes in the, in the rest of the season. But the funny thing is, the actor I ended up liking the most, the guy who plays Lana's husband. And yeah. He was kind of a drag in season one, but in season two, he's kind of the same person. But I'm like, yeah, you give your daughter that good advice. I miss more of like the, the, the good scenes between the parents mm-hmm. uh, and the kids. So they also seem to like dress Lana more like... Like a, she's less frumpy mm-hmm. than she. Like last year, she was in like huge sweaters, and maybe she, she was pregnant. She, she's not. Uh, uh, Emmanuel Shrieky. Uh, but like they, they made her look more like uh, you would expect a, a woman who looks like Emmanuel Shrieky to look in a mm-hmm. show like this. So I don't know if like maybe go back to the frumpy if it means I get a good show back. I'll take frumpy if it means you go back to good writing. Wait. Do you think that's like the early signals of CW turning into a bad show when they show more boob? <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, I just think of it as like, like <laughs> even casting, uh, 
you know, because the parents, it's just so weird because these shows are like, now we're getting into this age, or at least for me, mm-hmm. she was not mother age actor, a mother age actress when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Now she is. And she's older than me. She's older than me about like 10 years. How long has yeah. this show been going on? This is only the second season. Oh, okay. But it was like seven, I think it was 16 episodes last yeah, season. Okay. It was. But I don't know, because like now they're showing more boobs and like there's a shirtless boy who is like yeah. supposedly 15, it's, but he looks he's like so he's not in 15. 20. Yeah, he's, he's, in, he's in his 20s. But the other kid. I kids, mean, that's kind of weird. Well, mm-hmm. no, that's how all. Uh, no, 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 no. Not the, the casting of the, an older person. Yeah. I understand like. 30 year olds playing high school students and stuff mm-hmm. they just do that because it's easier because they don't have to go around like yeah. the whole the laws for mm-hmm. keep for people under 18 act not yeah, to mention sure. it's harder to find a talented actor that's younger mm-hmm. um so i don't know i i have my reservations uh, about it but i'm not going to just give up on it I, i'm going to hope that uh, it turns around i really don't want the i i would like the john henry iron storyline to become more streamlined and less confrontational with the daughter and maybe work for a way to have them both kind of exist in this universe in a more positive sense with it. I just hate the mel- I hate melodrama. I think they just wrote it like that because it's a continuation of the last episode. That well, no, they like had that. to do that. Yeah. It's just, it felt like Lois was such a drag the whole episode. Well, it kind of reminds me of the actress when she was in Grimm, yeah, where like yeah. she turned it into like the hex piece. Hexen Beast? Is it Hexen Beast? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why it bothered me. Because yeah, because... She, she was so not good mm-hmm. at the beginning. Are you familiar with Grimm? No. Okay, that's a reference from her um, previous role in Grimm. So she plays as... What's the um, her character's name? Um, oh, Juliet. Juliet. So there was like a scene... It was like a whole season about it. So basically, she turns into a hexen beast. She's extra bitchy to Nick Burthart, who's supposed to be her fiance, but she has like an affair with like his captain of the police station. It's everything you imagined it would be. Yeah, but, but it was like yeah, it was okay until like they did the weird love triangle because like, um, what's her name? Oh, Adeline. She was like a real hexen beast, but she lost her ability because her ability went to Juliet. It was just really Carter's messed. eyes are glazing. What's a hexen beast? So basically, it's from um, Grimm stories. Like it's a Grimm fairy tale. Basically, it's a witch. The Brothers Grimm. It yeah. So yeah, I gather that much. Yeah. So basically, it's a witch, but um, they look more decayed. Oh. They're not like the pretty witches or like normal the ch- people yeah. see them and they look like uh, a human form. Mm-hmm. But uh, if a Grimm sees them, you can see what their actual appearance is. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah. like it basically like it looks like Tourette's like when they turn. That's how I describe Tourette's. it. That, yeah, I don't think you know what Tourette's like is. Syndrome? No, like don't they like glitch out and start cussing? Oh, you mean like the thing where they where they actually do the turn? I was wondering yeah. how they do it with the actors because they make they have to make this face and like. Mm-hmm. Basically, oh. like they neck. turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, that had to be interesting. It'd be fun to see like behind the scenes of them having to do that without the CGI mm-hmm. attached. Yeah, it, it was just like that show is really good, but I see what you are coming at because like she had that same vibe. I hated that whole season when she was doing that whole uh, acting where she was being extra bitchy. So I, I'm, I was going to mm-hmm. leave this subject, but I'm going to go back to here about yeah. Superman in uh, the stuff about uh, loyalty to America. It says, mm-hmm. America benefited from where he landed, but if you're Superman or on our show because he's Clark Kent and because he had these fantastic parents, he has a responsibility not just to Smallville or to Kansas or to America, but to the world. Superman mm-hmm. and Lois Showrunner Todd Helbing said. See now. Privilege. 
Yep. I actually, I'm fine with that. The, like I said, my opinion of this is colored by the fact that they got rid of truth justice in the American way uh, in favor of truth justice in a better tomorrow, which is to me uh, sounds weirdly uh, over the you know, bland. Right. Yeah. So I'm having my opinion. I admit that I'm having my opinion colored by something that's going on outside the show. Yeah. But I don't like the fact that the general, the new general, who is just protecting American interest, is being portrayed as the bad guy. Yeah. Now yeah. he could. Uh, th- it could work. It could still work. The actor doing it, uh, Ian Bonin or something, mm-hmm. uh, is really good. Uh, he worked with uh, Tyler Hoechlin in like Teen Wolf. Not that I've ever. I, I've never seen Teen Wolf. I've seen Teen Wolf. Um, well, the first one. So it says, explaining this touchy subject, quote, ties into the mythology that we're doing this season. Helbing adds, uh, the Andersons' arrival marks a significant shift in Superman's working relationship with the military. See, he was working for the military, so he's technically an American asset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I just, I wanted to bring that up because like that, I do want to point out that I do think that there is a possibility that for me, uh, my opinion is colored by an influence outside of the show, which is worthy of, mentioning so that people you know yeah it's that's all personal opinion yeah uh but i I admit that my opinion could be colored by the fact that i'm not a fan that they got rid of truth justice in the american way Mm -hmm. so shall we move on yes shall we move on to something less slightly less depressing yeah wait that's not true because it wasn't depressing something i know about yes Mm -hmm. uh sorry about that you had uh we had uh we we had you on and i was like i didn't know it was a learning experience Mm -hmm. i didn't know the episode would be see imagine it'd been a good first episode then we could have sold you on the show and you had to go home and watch it yeah well the first season is really good the first season it's actually the first season is really worth watching actually i am curious i kind of wish i had seen it yeah so here uh we've got dave grohl is a man possessed in a trailer for foo fighters horror comedy studio Studio 666. The rockers grapple with supernatural forces while trying to record their new album. Uh, whether it's Alice Cooper in Prince of Darkness, David Bowie in The Hunger, or Debbie Harry in Videodrome, uh, many rockers have felt compelled to appear in horror mo- in a horror movie. The latest uh, musical act to appear in this to to make their bloody mark on the genre is the Foo Fighters, who star in the horror comedy Studio 666. Uh, and says in the film, the Foo Fighters move into an Encino, California mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. Once in the house, frontman David Grohl finds himself grappling with the supernatural forces that threaten both the completion of the album and the lives of the band. I feel like meta stuff like this is going to become more and more common as social media expands. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, something like this is it works because it's more accessible. Because these people feel more accessible than they ever did before. Mm-hmm. Like the veneer of Hollywood is pulled back in a way. This is probably not how they record their albums, but it feels real, like almost like a reality TV show, but with a supernatural, clearly fictional twist. Yep. Right. Does that make sense? Kind of. What exactly do you mean by that? So if you do the same movie and you don't use uh, the Foo Fighters, you just make it a band A. Yeah. Fictional band A. A band. It uh, in the past would the movie have done well? Probably, no, probably not. not. Uh, but doing this adds a lit a level of uh, I, I don't even know what the word would for it be. It adds a level uh, like a veneer to it that makes it that gives it more depth 
in a way. Like it's not really something that I would have typically been interested in, but right. meta humor is and meta and meta production is much more common these days because social media has made it so hard to tell where real life ends uh, and you know fictional yeah. uh, begins. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of people in this household watch Selling Sunset, yep. and there's like articles all the time about the people in that in that show and like what they're doing and what their relationships are. I highly doubt any of those articles yeah, are even like close. Yeah, it's kind of like fan fiction, you know? Yeah. Except for this one was like so good that they decided to make it a movie. Yeah. And, yeah. and this was a, this was like, like I mentioned earlier, the Spice Girls movie, which uh, was the the product of like uh, the, the one of, of like their heads uh, that became a ridiculously over-the-top movie for teenage girls. What's funny mm-hmm. about that, though, is like I only know about them because of the movie. Yeah. That's crazy. Really? Were they a band first? Yeah. Yes. The, I, I think they're they the highest selling band. female band of all time. Let uh, me Google it. I thought they were like simultaneously like a band that became a band because of the movie. No. No, they were uh, the 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 songs, at least from what I recall, that they sing in the movie are songs that were on albums of theirs. It's about them going to a concert. It's kind of like the it's like the opposite of the monkeys, who are a fictional band. Yes. Okay. E- so this article is called Riches.com. It's the eight richest and best-selling girl bands. And let me see. Girls' Generation. That's a Korean band. That's number eight. Uh, Banorama is number seven. Destiny's Child, six. Destiny's Child, I believe, is the highest selling in American history. Or the, or the, yeah, or, this is including the whole world. Yeah. My bad. I should have specified. Because there was like a thing. Mm-hmm. We, I, me, maybe me and you were talking about an article where the Spice Girl, where it was like the Destiny's Child becomes the highest selling American group of all time. Mm-hmm. It was like, why not, why not the world? Oh, the Spice <laughs> Girls. Yeah. Um, also, TLC was number four. Or, that's who it was. It was TLC was the number one. Yeah, but Spice Girls comes at number three. Who's number two and one? Number two is the Supremes, and uh, number one is the Andrews Sisters. So they've just got years more of sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, physical I media, mean, the music industry media. was so different back in the 90s and before, like, you can see all those bands are kind of old names mm-hmm. because you don't sell music now. Yeah, nope. I was so confused because I was like, I don't know who this band is. This right. is number five. Um, they are AKB48. I'm sorry if you guys like them. It's I'm assuming they're a Chinese band. Okay. Uh, don't know who they are, but I do know who Girls' Generation is. I grew up on them. Yeah. <laughs> they used to have like, I think it was like 12 members. And they're band. like a song and dance stage group kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably where they're making their money. Yeah, but then slowly, like each member, like did their own thing. Um, but other than that, I, that's kind of nice to know that uh, we have like American bands on there and oh, then like for UK sure. bands. But who are Foo Fighters? I know like the guy who's the drummer um, <laughs> of Nirvana. So the Foo Fighters, the uh, yes, the, the started guy. as Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Dave Grohl. Okay, tell us the story about no, it. So I, I've got this. I, I, I want to pull up. The, mm-hmm. There's a, a bunch of stuff here. I was like looking up horror movie because I've got a friend who's just. Uh, these are all like act like rock musicians who have mm-hmm. worked in horror movies, right? So it's uh, you, you've seen everything from Tom Waits to uh, who's the. Where's the next? David Bowie was in The Hunger in 1983. Deborah Harry, that was Videodrome. That was the one that I had seen. And then I di- I had never seen Alice Cooper in Monster Dog. My my uh, first 
exposite like uh, exposure to Alice Cooper in a movie was in Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, when they get to go to see Alice Cooper in concert, and then he they say we're not worthy, oh, we're not okay. worthy. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, there's just been a, a whole crap ton of them over the time. You can look at this list is enormous, so it's not like it's that uncommon. Yeah. Plus, we've got Rob Zombie made plenty of horror movies, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. Like uh, me and you were talking yesterday about House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes. Uh, and he did. I'm like one of the only people who liked his Halloween movies. Um, I did not hate them. Uh, they came out as a weird because as somebody who's not a huge horror movie fan to begin with, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the first one, especially the trailers. Um, S- I'm a huge horror movie fan. You are? Yes. Mm-hmm. Favorite horror movie of all time? I mean, if you could call this horror, I would say Insidious. Okay. Um, all right. It's kind of horror. Okay, so uh, wh- one of the things is th- there are reasons to be concerned about this movie, mainly because the director uh, uh, of the of Studio 666 is mostly a camera operator, and his other credits was, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? It was, uh, he did Slayer music videos. Uh, so he's got okay. experience, right? So, but then it was the um, the writer, which is Jeff Buner. He did uh, two remakes. He did Pet the Pet Cemetery remake and the Grudge remake, both of which were less than stellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's probably there reason. Was a Grudge remake? Uh, yes. Uh, was that the 2001? No, it's later. It's a couple years ago. Wow. Um, the, I'm old. The uh, 2019, I think, or, mm-hmm. wow. or 2015. Let's find out. I remember seeing that in theaters in like live Brett, this is middle so school. Yep. You ever see the the, two th- the original, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was a remake. Well, in American, uh, see Jeff Buner. But do you prefer horror TV shows or movies more? That's the question. So, Jeff Bueller. I prefer sorry. movies. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get scared by a lot of stuff now, so I'm like forever chasing that rush. Mm-hmm. I was I was telling somebody earlier. I said, you know who's like uh, people who are afraid of horror movies. Uh, I have benefited the most from technology because none of it looks real anymore because mm-hmm. camera and equipment and lighting are so good that all the gore looks fake. Yeah, uh, when you were watching it on like a like on like a tube TV in dark light. Yeah. Or even worse, in like bright room light, which glares off the screen, all of it looked a lot more real mm-hmm. than it does now. Um, <laughs> there, there was one show. Um, it was the the prequel to. He did the two the oh, tw- haunting on Hill House, I think. Uh, yeah, that so the good. Grudge came out in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. And this, it's like got like a four point three. I just remember it getting panned. Mm-hmm. Um, four point three out of like. Out of, t- out of ten, yep. uh, and yes, so it's it did not do well, um, but it's obviously it's uh, I've never heard of any of the actors in it, but it's of course that's a its own genre. So a lot yeah. of those actors, oh, it's got Betty Gilpin in it. Betty <laughs> Gilpin's fantastic, but she's way and John Cho. So, but they're like way down the list. They're probably cameos. Mm. Um, but the director and the and the writer, not exactly there. It could be a good like uh, if you're bored. Uh, the, this movie could be a good like if you're bored on a Saturday night and it's mm-hmm. on streaming, you watch it. But um, in general, I thought this was an interesting one to look at because the the CGI or like the effects on his eyes actually look pretty good in the trailer. Yeah, uh, and it's got that campy feel to it that you would expect from a movie like this. So there's every possibility that it could turn out all right. The trailer looked pretty good. Yep. My only complaint is it's pretty predictable. It seems yeah. like they gave away the entire plot in the trailer. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's that's kind of what you'd expect in something like this. Yeah. Uh, yep. So it says, uh, and it's but this is getting a theater release. That's surprising to me. Kind of surprising, but 
It's also like one of the most successful rock bands ever. That's true. I mean, also horror movies are uh, much cheaper to make than your average movie, which is why they're so profitable. Yeah, especially if you're shooting it like in one place. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. everything it's like a, an entire thing is a bottle episode I've uh, always wanted to make a horror movie to be honest we should do that here we could we could do that here well you remember star in it. Castle she, is she the, yeah. definitely Miracle Miracle's well, the star of the movie you remember that um, that suggestion I had for Halloween I told Hannah Claire about this like uh, I was like for a Halloween episode we should do like get all the employees of Timcast this is when we're a little bit smaller we didn't have like um, Andrew or a few other people but we get everybody who's like working for Timcast and we're all here Halloween night and then all the lights like turn off because there's a power outage and then out and basically we have to like run for our lives because you can hear things from the woods and like Tim is basically hiding somewhere and he hired like people who quote like basically are hunting us down and we have to defend ourselves in the house so basically, we're getting hunt, uh, hunted down one by one. It would make one. more sense if Luke hired them. <laughs> yeah, well, this was before Luke came. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Luke wasn't here yet. Yeah, uh, Luke wasn't right. here yet. He was here in September, not October. Actually, I think he got here in November. Dang it. I think he did. Yeah, but that was my idea. Like, um, basically, like Tim is like hiding in his apartment, and like he's, he's watching us all in the cameras. Yeah, and like ah, he, that's a good idea. And he's like watching all of us, and like we have to like survive in the dark. Like we have to look for certain things to defend ourselves because there's things out there in the forest that are hunting us down. And like even though we thought we locked all the doors, that one door is unlocked for <laughs> some weird reason. There's, Which there, is only fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, so we, we lock all do the doors that. here every night night perfectly yep. there's never any doors yep. left left open so we'll see we'll see how this movie goes like maybe I, it, maybe it could, it could be a movie where we're hunted down that's a good i think we should do that yeah like i told that to hannah claire and she was like what's wrong with you what because i said we're all hunted down one by one hannah claire doesn't want to get hunted down <laughs> she wants to come back and do episodes of the show here she must not no be it's not real hunting down it's i like, know i know but i know still. Wait, it's not <laughs> oh well, Carter's on his own agenda. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see how it goes. I was just, I was surprised it's getting a theater release. I feel like mm-hmm. this would do better on streaming, to be completely honest. He, yes, they're, yeah, they're you're big. right. Uh, it just felt like it would do better as a, as a streaming project to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, theater releases pre-COVID. Yeah, and, uh, that's, yeah, not even including that when you really never think mind. about it. Yeah. So, all right. We have... Huh. Jamie Lynn Spears this the saga that keeps on uh, it just literally never ends right well yeah you remember after her um, Britney Spears posting naked on Instagram she posted another um, picture but instead of being naked she was wearing like a red thong yep so Britney Spears mm-hmm. is the gift that keeps on giving to yep. people who like to talk about this stuff but this article is from Jamie Lynn Spears which is Britney Spears's younger sister she played Zoe o- um, 101 if you guys remember that show the funniest okay the funniest meme that I've seen lately or no I'm sorry the f- funniest headline that I've seen lately that I got turned into a meme it says um <laughs> uh Grammy award winner Britney Spears accuses uh Kids' Choice Award nominee Jamie mm-hmm. Lynn Spears of 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 theft or something like that. Yeah. And somebody was like, "That is the most savage headline I've ever read in my entire life." Mm-hmm. <laughs> one gets gets to be a Grammy Award winner, and the other one gets to be a Kids' Choice Award nominee. Oh wow, she yeah. actually did that. Mm-hmm. Wow, I thought that was a joke. Nope. Like they have a weird feud. It's really weird. 
well related Britney to Spears. Britney's conservatorship and yeah. other stuff. If you look at, look up um, Jamie Lynn Spears uh, sings Britney Spears music. That's where a lot of this comes from. Remember mm-hmm. we talked about that? Yeah. So it says, Jamie Lynn Spears, quote, I'm confused why Britney's at war with me. Skirts conservatorship questions. She's not confused, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that there's just a lot that they don't want to share. Now, I will say this about it. What, what The reason why these articles are coming out is because Jamie Lynn Spears has a book coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. uh, Things I Should Have Said. And imagine going on this press junket right now, knowing that these questions are going to come up, especially with how much Britney has shaded her recently yeah. like you got to kind of have like uh forgive a better word but like pretty big brass ones to be willing to take this stuff like you know because you have to go out and promote the book yeah but you know you're going to get these questions that you don't want to answer yeah uh i would hate that i personally i would hate that so it says jamie lynn spears has always loved her sister Brittany and can't understand how the relationship deteriorated Brittany's younger sister appeared wednesday on good morning america hawking her book is that how you spell hawking in this context? H-A-W-K-I-N-G? I think so. I thought it was H-O-C-K. H-O-C-K. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, well, let's find out. Her right new now. book, Things I Should Have Said, about her family. Jamie Lynn said she's happy the conservatorship ended, but bobbed and weaved when it came to how she felt about the conservatorship during the 13 years it was in place. She, uh, she said when the conservatorship was first put in place that she didn't understand it and was dealing with other issues. Specifically, she was 17 and having a baby. That's understandable. Uh, but she said, uh, she said she understands a little about the conservatorship now, and she, and she did when it, uh, when it fired up, which is odd since the saga lasted so long. She said she took no part of the conservatorship during the entire run. Now, I've heard different stories about this all around. I've heard her and her dad were both heavily involved in it, but I'm also wondering if maybe I misread some of that because her dad's name is Jamie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could have been thinking it was Jamie Lynn Spears when it was Jamie Spears, the dad. Imagine that. Like, imagine all this is just bad luck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's just oh, getting, yeah. like, a uh, name uh, intro. You know, she's just being misremembered because just her name is similar to her dad. On accident. That's yeah. that's awful. Just think of That's awful. Yeah. It's like, uh, imagine somebody, na- like, what is it? Like, is it uh, Rush or uh, in German, you can't name your kid Adolf? Nope. It's really? banned. Yeah. You yeah, can't you name can't them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is banned and they they're not allowed to talk about uh what happened in world war ii yep. they're not allowed to talk about it yep. like in history classes so they're not taught that's about probably it. why they're anyway <laughs> yeah. Story for, yeah. Time. Uh, for her vantage point she said she was helping britney and according to her uh the help was welcomed she says britney asked her to make sure her two boys got what they needed mm-hmm. one thing she addressed squarely uh britney's comments to the court that everyone in their family including jamie lynn profited off of britney uh off of britney's during the con- off of britney during the conservatorship jamie lynn says she did not but then offered that there may have been a quote misunderstanding misunderstanding britney has gone after jamie lynn for remixing some of her songs but she said it was meant as a tribute not a money move uh if it went up for sale it was a money move yeah, yeah. Uh, but she says the conservatorship is over now she's happy the conservatorship is over now because uh, of how much it uh, sowed family discord uh, as for britney she intimated in a tuesday post in a tuesday night post two can play that game as in writing a book mm-hmm. jamie got tearful and she's asked about uh uh, asked when she wait Jamie Lynn got tearful when she was asked how their relationship crashed and burned saying she still loves her sister like this just has to be really hard to to deal with as a you know yeah 
there was the stuff about the family. Like, let's see if they've got anything in this article. It says about Britney. Yeah, it says, Britney is angry over her sister Jamie Lynn performing the, a remix of her song Till the World Ends at the 2017 Radio Disney Music Awards. She said, quote, it didn't make any sense how network television shows are showcasing my music with remixes of all of my music, yet the person who owns the music is told no. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. I'd kind of side with Jamie Lynn Spears here because mm-hmm. she wasn't selling it. She was performing it and she's she gets, claiming it's a tribute, right? But mm-hmm. she gets paid for the appearance. Yeah, but Britney was kind of, I don't know if you could say nuts at the time. 2017? Wasn't she doing her Vegas shows at this time? I'm not sure. Kind of. Like, uh... I just know what I've seen on Instagram for the mm-hmm. last 12 months. See, but she's still an illegal adult who should who should have had the freedom to make her own choices. Under the conservatorship, she was not, though. But she should not have been under the conservatorship. That's neither under, here nor there. Uh, but I'm just know? saying, I, I don't know if, uh, if Jamie... Okay, then put it this way. Is it uh, good form for Jamie Lynn to do that? With a, if, if it bothers Britney, is it really a tribute? Did Britney tell her not to do it before she that's, did it? That's the question. It says, yeah. uh, so it says... Uh, uh, let's continue. It says, it didn't make any sense how network television shows are showcasing my music with remixes of all of my music, yet the person who owns the music is told no. Brittany wrote, they even gave me, re- they even gave remixes to my sister, but I was told no. So their songs that she made, the remixes of songs that she made, and she wasn't allowed to perform them. The, in the article we read that one time, it was talking about how she was told when she was doing those Vegas shows, she could only play her old stuff, and they wouldn't let her play any of her new stuff. Yeah. So she's an artist who's making them a ton of money does she mm-hmm. own the songs though uh i don't know i if don't know if she doesn't uh, in the, the but it wouldn't matter does. anyways because if she's under conservatorship she has no say in it yeah she's allowed to perform but she's not allowed to to choose what music she may play mm-hmm. yeah but back to the point of like th- she was told no i mean if they're not really if she doesn't own the songs they could offer it to anybody yeah to, to perform and then her sister may have just been like the next of kin I, I think at that point, then you you then then uh, Jamie Lynn should have asked Brittany if that was okay. And do we do we and know she didn't though? They they obviously yeah. they don't say that. Here. Brit, uh, in her defense, Brittany, it's not like Brittany would reveal that if she did. I'd like to hear her book. But I mean, she said two can play at that game. I would read that book. Brittany was self reflective, saying, "I was obvious. I obviously have in serious insecurities. Otherwise, I wouldn't have acted like an obnoxious eight year old last week defending myself with my accomplishments." She went on to say, "Honestly." my family embarrassed me and hurt me deeply so tooting my own horn horn and seeing my past accomplishments reflected back at me actually helped here's to a better 2022 it's a positive attitude so uh i i just think that like uh i believed wholeheartedly that whether she's uh whether she's struggling or not she should be free from conservatorship anyways she was if she's well enough that she can make you a ton of money she's well enough to run her own financial life uh if that means she screws it up she screws it up but that's what freedom should mean yeah no i don't agree with the conservatorship Uh, she was under and the whole time i've just been thinking about it objectively from a law standpoint yeah and so like i don't know how that was legal yeah but um well could have signed bad contracts any of that stuff uh so to me it's just it was really interesting because uh jamie lynn is now off selling a book and she kind of has to sell it on this talking point of like was i a good sister or not because it's not like her life has been so interesting that this wouldn't yeah. come up i actually forgot who she was until we just started talking about her yeah, yeah just remember she's the she's zoe from zoe 101 that one show that i mean i've never watched that show it, i think it was like um 
after you guys were in high school. I wouldn't I have watched it either mm-hmm. way. But. Here's another article on it. Uh, it says a video of Jamie Lynn Spear of Jamie Lynn singing Britney's songs at an award show is going viral after her older sister claims that quote she hurt her deeply for the performance. In an Instagram post on Friday, July 16th, Britney accused the people closet, uh, the people closest to her, mm-hmm. of trying to save of trying to save face by speaking publicly about her <coughs> conservatorship after years of silence. Never forget who ignored you when you needed them and who helped you before you even had to ask. Britney wrote, "There's nothing worse than the people you're closest to." Uh, whoever showed up for wait there's nothing worse than when the people closest to you who never showed up for you post things in regard to your situation whatever it may be and speak righteously for support there's nothing worse than that mm-hmm. so <clears throat> there's nothing worse than the when the, than when the people closest to you who never showed up for your post thing for you post things in regard to oh I think there's supposed to be a comma there yeah Uh, uh, so she continued how dare the people you love how dare the people you love the most say anything at all if you're reading this and you know who you are and you actually have the nerve to say anything about my situation just to save face for yourself publicly if you're gonna post something please stop with the righteous approach when it's so far from righteous it's not even funny Mm -hmm. Brittany confirmed that Jamie Lynn who was 10 years younger than her was one of the people who was referring to one of the people she was referring to in the second Instagram post uh, Britney slammed Jamie Lynn for performing a medley of her songs in 2017 radio Dis- in the 2017 Radio Disney Music Awards while the toxic singer's dad and conservator Jamie Spears controlled her career so dad had control of all the rights because under conservatorship she has no rights to any of that mm-hmm. yeah uh so yeah, so that's uh, I, like I said, they clearly didn't ask permission from her. Otherwise, why would she post that? But yeah. uh, well, she could have forgotten because mm-hmm. in the conservatorship, she was being forced to take medicines that she didn't want. That's to even take. worse. I know it is terrible, <laughs> but that still might have clouded her yeah. you know, memory. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm defending this. I'm I'm not. I like it. I'm like just. It. I'm, You're playing devil's. I'm advocate. playing reasoner. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I'm trying to are. logic my that's way okay. through this. It's okay. So yeah, so that was that was interesting to me. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about all this, but I, I just know that I wouldn't want to be on that press tour right now, having yeah. to answer oh, yeah. those questions. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, sure. Uh, I don't like asking any que- answering any questions, let alone having to answer questions about mm-hmm. stuff that serious. That's yeah. true. But did you know? So you, how did you know Jamie Lynn Spears? Well, I never watched her show, but um, it was like a fun fact. Like on a random video I was watching, she was Zoe from Zoe One Hundred and One, and it was like a popular show. It came. So like, they were both Disney kids. Britney and her. Zoe 101 yeah. wasn't a Disney show. Is that Nickelodeon? It's Nickelodeon. Yeah. Okay. She was a Nick star. But Britney was a Disney. Yep. Yeah, it was the product of Disney. Mm-hmm. And we all know how that screws people up. Yeah, but like... Justin it, Timberlake seems to be doing okay. And He's like the... Uh, him and Hilary Duff are like the rare exceptions. Yeah. Hilary yeah. Duff no, look at exception club. <laughs> look at Nick Jonas. He's good. That's Well, they're still young. <laughs> There's still plenty of time to screw it up. What do you mean? Nick Jonas is married. Still young. <laughs> That's true. He's married to a very beautiful woman that's a little bit older than him. Yeah. Who uh, is that the one married to Priyanka Chopra? Yeah, that's Nick Jonas. Hubba hubba. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, all of this is kind of weird because it's like family drama that we get to see unfold. I and I feel yeah. I, I don't feel bad, but it's it's fascinating in mm-hmm. a way because it is there is a veneer here that's not the real world. Yeah, for like, sure. You're only getting an a, a, a small uh, a small peek into what's actually happening in their lives. So. Mm-hmm. Um, how about we do Podluck? That's true, but um, just a fun fact. You know that song that Britney 
saying baby one more time no i don't what is uh, that song yeah i, I yeah. vaguely remember i vaguely don't remember, remember the melody if you could sing it for us Miracle. i'm not gonna sing it but basically it turns 23 wow yeah wow yeah it's a i just saw it on tmz there's like a whole article where she's basically britney spears um like it has a whole gallery of her wearing 23 outfits where she performs this song it's basically the song where wow. she wears that skin tight um one the, piece it's the school the, girl outfit song well isn't it the one where she wears the leather piece too i don't think apparently so. maybe, she wore 23 different things mm-hmm. maybe in the live performance but that was the schoolgirl one from her very first music oh movie. never mind i'm thinking of just dance because they <laughs> they thought, have that wasn't just song. dance a lady gaga song person. no yeah. it's the video game just dance oh <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean Dance Dance Revolution? No, there's a Wii version uh, called Just Dance. Oh. Carter's like... It's a generation gap here. Mm-hmm. There is definitely uh, between all three of us, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I say we do Podluck. Yay! Okay. Uh, this first one, this might be I, I, not the funniest story I've read in a while, but mm-hmm. it, it's just so 2022, it's not even funny. This is coming from We Got This Covered. So with a grain of salt, uh, We've Got This Covered is notoriously... Uh, Hit or miss. Yes. Uh, it says Hawkeye star leading NFT driven sci-fi series. Mm-hmm. What? The NFT craze has split the cultural conversation right down the middle. And they're absolutely right about that. It has. People are really weird about this. It's like talking to people about blockchain. Can mm-hmm. I, I honestly, man, what is an NFT? Like non fungible you know? token. What does that mean? Uh, Basically the, you buy a meme that you can't physically hold, but you just have bragging rights. You well, own I mean, the. Can't you, someone else have it too? You own the unique identifier on the blockchain. Nope, is, it's only for you. So you remember that video? Al Charlie bit my finger. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody bought that. So now, the the digital version version of it exists on the blockchain, mm-hmm. right? And the blockchain yeah. cannot be recreated. Like the its place on the blockchain cannot be recreated. So it's a unique identifier, yep. as far as I understand. Like I, somebody, I, I don't want to talk about this, not knowing. Um, Andy, I can understand explain unique it identifiers. So they have those for music too. Mm-hmm. So basically, the song. idea is that so they it can't be. Like you can copy the image, mm-hmm. but it exists on the on the because uh, blockchain is basically what that's decentralized. Servers. Is there a website that you can go to and see like so and so like who owns the NFT to yeah. this? Yes, I, yes. So uh, everything I mean, is built off of that. So, uh, so, so, but NFTs are hilarious because it's it's people that love them now. It's becoming like their whole identity. Like people are like, I work in NFTs and crypto. Uh, like uh, I invest in crypto too, but it does not mean that I mm-hmm. like think of myself as a crypto dude. That's just weird. But uh, there's also like the people who are super into selling it, buying and selling Basically, NFTs. Uh, think at, of buying like photos videos or audio to be honest like that actually made a lot of sense mm-hmm. and i understand it now but okay. i yeah. still don't get why i mean well i guess i can i'm understand. giving you like the remember i'm not an egg like an expert should be able to explain it to you like a five-year-old like as if like you're explaining to a five-year-old i yeah. can't do that i'm mm-hmm. i'm i'm very but it's just what to me it's the cultural impact of of nfts because the people that hate it are like it's yeah, destroying right. the environment yeah uh, and just i'm like you don't think that your tweets take There's up a ton always of people for and against everything mm-hmm. so. so it says the nft craze has spilt the, split the cultural conversation right down the middle and while many people who would have been ho- who have been hoping that it's nothing more than a brief fad that would quickly blow over those damn fungible tokens actually they're non-fungible tokens uh, have started infiltrating the film and television sphere as per deadline Hawkeye breakout star and instant fan favorite uh, Alex Ponovic he was also a fantastic bad guy in season one of iZombie mm-hmm. uh, cool 
hair yeah yeah that's awesome uh is set to executive produce and star in gen zeros which is it has a concept guaranteed to infuriate those who wish the nft craze would simply disappear i can't imagine caring enough about something like that so much that you just wish it would disappear something so innocuous i mean think about like if the grid goes down and mm-hmm. nothing's there like it doesn't matter anymore it you doesn't can't eat it like your bank you is can't the, use it for your anything. money in the bank is the same way if the grid goes down i know mm-hmm. so which is why i buy stuff like solar panels and there you stuff. go uh, oh, Leatherman. That's true. so we're, we're gonna have like them. the most like novice level discussion of all this like mm-hmm. one thing about being here is you meet so many people that are experts in their field that i feel really uninformed about everything yeah so i'm too. trying to not speak on stuff i don't fully understand mm-hmm. i just know You're that right. i just know that there's a lot of cultural talk around nfts yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm never going to buy one I, i'm Maybe never you can eat it i don't know an expert like, would tell me there you uh, go. well it's a photo you can print it out and eat it yep so uh, gen zeros which has a concept guaranteed to infuriate those who wish the nft craze would simply disappear the 10 episode series is set to begin rolling in out in march wow that's soon and it's got a mythology that's nothing if not unique mm-hmm. to even watch the show you'll need to purchase an nft via the house of kebab website and the expanded universe includes comic books and, and collect comic books and collectibles on top of the individual live action installments themselves if they make this with the right message this could do really well mm-hmm. like yeah. this taps into like the to internet culture it taps into the crypto and nft market which are huge conversation points right now like each level of ownership brings a different uh, a different set of perks and benefits with the highest tier imbuing the investors with a teeny tiny stake in the property mm-hmm. so you become like a a a shareholder, a stakeholder in the company. Yeah. So the they're project. just using an NFT as a placeholder for a stock. For making point. a show. It yeah. says, after finishing a web-only exclusive, Gen Zeros will be shopped around to more platforms to try and find a bigger audience with the bare bones of the premise resu- re- revolving around a, f- a war-torn future 200 years after a ruinous alien invasion with 10 factions fighting for the future of humanity. So it's like the 100. Yeah. But, uh, but with uh, crypto bros and NFT bros, mm-hmm. and I am here for it, my Fitting. friend. Fitting. Nice. Fitting for the time. But why Generation Zero? Why that name? That's a good question. We will only be able to tell it. Uh, we'll only because uh, this is where it starts. Is it because the ones and zeros in could, coding could be? That's probably that's kind of smart, like nope. smart branding right there. But um, you remember when we were talking about what generation it is? Sorry, I wanted to bring it up because since we're talking about Gen yep. Zero, um, so Generation Beta doesn't start until twenty twenty five. Okay, so we're still in Generation Alpha. Okay, so that's a different type of... That's a subcategory of generations? Yeah, so basically, there's a whole website explaining, like, which generation starts what. Um, What is the website called? I was looking at it earlier. (laughs) Off topic. This could be one of those things where... This show could be shopped around in networks, right? Yeah. It does well for a couple of seasons, and even if it dies, it's like a video game where you beat the game, but then you play multiplayer mm-hmm. for years. Yeah. This could exist as its own entity outside of the indus- uh, outside of the the episodes for like ever. Mm-hmm. 
like theoretically, they could continue to make stuff as long as people are investing in it through crypto. Mm-hmm. That's true. Or through the NFT, through the process, right? right. Yeah. So this is kind of fascinating. Well, if you apply that to like songs and stuff, people could start buying actual music again and it can't, that would solve um, pirating. Mm-hmm. Like this well, feels really like you have to be it. like a genius to, to map this out and do this properly mm-hmm. yes you know what i mean yes like or i guess since there's no template for it you, like you have to have like a lot of confidence in what you're putting because this is gonna cost a lot of time and energy this guy's like just got his role in uh, hawkeye which raised his profile a bit he could very easily continue on the typical hollywood path yeah. and become a, a a high level you know he was already showing up a lot as like a good journeyman actor in television shows mm-hmm. as like a the bad guy in, every, in in an episode or a bad guy throughout half a season this could have launched him into like maybe starring roles in shows Mm -hmm. right and instead he's going a different way where the show is part of it but he's he's doing other things you think the show can be on the high seas because you just need to buy one and then you can share with everybody well yeah the the piracy would probably be a problem Mm -hmm. for the show but i mean but what they're selling you here is not just the show they're selling you the experience yeah exactly it's more interactive than the netflix interaction so what do you get if you buy Basically, you get ex- the exclusive it's, it's episode, c- and like you get more access to like their merch. I'm get. I mean, I'm. I'm saying, what I'm saying here is like it's a lot of like. Uh, think of like uh, people who have Patreons or yeah. like you're. It's you're like more a Kickstarter. Kind of. Actually, uh, it sounds a lot like a Kickstarter with the tier system and stuff. And they're mm-hmm. doing that with like uh, I know there's recently PayPal is uh, talking about uh, releasing their own uh, cryptocurrency. They're, yeah. Like somebody I don't found. I mean, coins like PayPal coin, so glitchy. Various coins are becoming so common now. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, I only ever get Bitcoin in Just Ethereum. The bit and I get the bit, F. Yeah, the that's those the only ones I get. We yeah. are not giving anyone finance. Oh, no. I, I am the last person you want to take financial you want advice it from. Me. No, but mm-hmm. like if I, the only crypto I, I invest in are the t- are the two most common. So and only because I understand. 10% of how those work. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. the funniest thing about doing this, the, like these segments is, is like, uh, when you re- read about stuff like this, you feel more intelligent than you probably yeah. are on this stuff. But then when you try to talk it out with people, it makes you realize, and I realized before we did this that I didn't know enough about it, but I was just, yeah. I was fascinated by the concept. It shows you how much you don't know. Yeah. When you, when you start to try and describe this to people. So right. it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. So let's for talk sure. about Nightmare on Elm Street. Jeez. Uh, I like the Nightmare on Elm Street home sold for a cut under three mil. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of money. Uh, I I have brought up several times in the show that uh, I love architecture and movies for exterior homes. Like one of my favorite shots in any movie ever is the end of the movie Scream when you see the farmhouse uh, as the cameras uh, on a it's on a not a dolly it's on like a a crane and it pans up uh, yeah. over the over like the valley uh, and you see this beautiful farmhouse out there and I've always wondered like I I went up and looked it up later like it, it sold years <laughs> later like the family that owned it used it it had been sold to use in movies for like decades mm-hmm. and now it's like i think it's back in private ownership to people who just don't want to use it for stuff like that right so it says somebody's about to have trouble falling asleep the infamous home for the og a nightmare on elm street has a new owner who dropped two million nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars to toss and turn at night <laughs> uh 
Aside from being a kick-ass location for a Halloween party, the three-bedroom, 4.5-bathroom L.A. home has some impressive features like walnut floors, spacious backyard patio, and a pool and a bed that devours you whole. I got to say, you know, in this um, real estate climate during all this in L.A., it does feel low. Low to me, too. Mm -hmm. Maybe there actually is a Freddy there. And Compared that's why they have like the Home Alone. I thought it was like twenty million or something like that. Yeah, which you then, which they then uh, rented out as like a, an Airbnb. I think the yeah, reason why it's inside. a little bit lower is because like they still do movie tours and they show you. So like oh, you're maybe people are always showing up. And, yeah, yeah, so your privacy is still like invaded. That's why it's a little right. bit lower. But I bet you the person who bought it doesn't even end up living there. Uses it Probably. as an investment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Someone's so it says uh, kidding. The infamous bed from the classic horror film was not included. Included. That would cost way more than $3 million. Yep. Despite its place in the Hollywood history, the home screams peaceful suburban bliss and is originally listed for $3,250,000. Like you said, that feels low to me. Yeah. Uh, they've got a gallery here. It says, the two-story pad does come with a bonus, a detached guest house with its own kitchen what? and a covered patio and full bathroom. I've always wanted to live in a guest house next I mean, to a pool. Yes, I watched a lot of 90210 when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I want to live in a guest house next to a pool. We can build a pool. Could we build a pool in a guest house for me? We got yeah. Chris a guest house. That's true. Well, house. Playhouse. No, it's Playhouse. Yeah. AKA it's a Did playhouse. You listen to yeah, yeah. Nick, <laughs> Nick played to us. Like, as Dude, like, it was so funny. We checked the play. <laughs> yeah, one individual living in a playhouse in the backyard. Not creepy at all. <laughs> Not creepy at all. Totally normal. <laughs> Um, but then I found this thing from Screen Rant with like the 10 most famous uh, houses that have been for sale from movies. Mm-hmm. It's got the house from Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh, with all glass going around. That'd be cool. Oh, the artist who does it. Oh my God, I love their pieces. The Home Alone house right here. Just like The Fugitive, The Home Alone is another Chicago-based property, property only it's based outside of the city. Being one of the movies that made fans laugh so hard they cried, owning a home, the Home Alone property would feel so nostalgic. Went for, what it says, uh, the owner finally decided to sell it for $1.58 million. What? Yep, in 2015. Oh, 2015. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's probably sold. This art, this article's old. Yeah. Uh, the house from Mrs. Doubtfire. There's the house from Scream. I didn't yep. even. I didn't look this far in this article before we did it. It says uh, the original. The original Scream uh, might be set in Woodsboro, but the actual Scream house where the film was shot in California is in California. And although it isn't on the market right now, it can be rented on Airbnb. Oh my God. That's crazy. I we wanted, should do. I that. want I the Scar uh, Scarface house, the one in Miami. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm kind of like going. It's I, very gaudy, and I want rent it. it out. I'm, I'm, literally, I'm sorry. I'm still. My brain is set on like, could I afford to go out and fly to California and rent this house out for like? Well, a week you need business? a vaccine it's passport. A, oh, damn it! So uh, it's as to go to a wedding in California. As for any mm-hmm. daring fans who choose to rent the house, the Ghostface Killer will be scaring them all night. There's even a stained glass window of the Ghostface Killer on the front p- of the front of the house, which surely the first of many hints to steer clear of the place. And on top of the house, on top of this, the house is full of '90s nostalgia and references to the original movie. I want to do it. Let's. Uh, I, I'm going to look into it. Maybe that's like what I do for my own birthday next year. Wait, wait. <laughs> I, I can't mean, really if afford you, it. If you make a project, you out want of a it, ticket it to like California. I, I just want to know how much it would cost to rent it out on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make, I mean, you could just rent it out for like an hour. There's, uh, there's, you could. there's an option for that. And then recreate the t- and recreate the Tatum scene where she gets caught in the garage door. Yeah, oh. and we could um, practice it in a not that house. That's perfect. So we just run in with an hour to film and bam. Dude, I love it. I I really want to do this. Uh, we should look into this for next year. That's my birthday I'm present. To okay, so tickets to California. When's your birthday? July. <laughs> I have it. I'll send you the right. date. 
See, well, look, somebody look up uh, renting house uh, air from Scream Airbnb. Renting house Airbnb. From, for, yeah, renting Scream movie house Airbnb. See if it's still up there. Uh, okay, so a couple more things I want to go through. I want to talk about the Batman got a PG-13 rating uh, despite a gritty, violent in tone. I don't think anyone is surprised by this. There was no way they were going to let a character like Batman go R-rated. Uh, as much as yeah. it feels oh. like that would work, uh, I don't think that they would have allowed that to happen. Um, Airbnb has announced that the... Um the house from the 1996 horror movie screen will be available for to rent three one night stay late uh later this month for just five dollars and this was since october 7 2021 i'm what? guessing that that's not real mm. well it's not five dollars it's gonna well, five thousand dollars maybe no it says just five dollars sure, let me see what's the catch It's in bold. There's got to be a catch. You're going to have to... Fact check I, it. I, I, I clicked on the article. I tried to click on the article. See what you can find there. Uh, we're, we're keeping people bored here. Sorry, uh, sorry so because we're doing research for this, yes. and I kind of want Brett to have a happy yes, birthday. Yes, it would be great. So, so uh, I, there was no way that the Batman was going to be rated R as much as, as cool as that would have been. There's That's money left on the table to them. Yep. Batman is an iconic character, and there's no way they don't put that... Uh, uh, as a as a P, as a anything other than a PG thirteen movie, the yeah. the Dark Knight movie, uh, the trilogy was plenty uh, gritty, as they love to use that word. Was that PG thirteen? Yes, it was. Oh wow! Um, so those movies were PG thirteen. Oh, um, it's basically PG thirteen because there's not like a bunch of swearing. I'm guessing yeah. there, there won't be a ton of f words, and there won't be. Yeah, right here it says, uh, "Don't expect gratuitous violence or excessive f bombs." They can do the gratuitous violence through implied means. They don't need yeah. to show it. Sound does more in a lot of those cases than, right. than anything else mm-hmm. uh, the I just I, I expected this it says sources close to the film say the Batman which is a grounded more reality uh, in an Grounded in reality more than recent DC adaptations, nabbed its PG-13 rating because it doesn't have excessive foul language or nudity. Sorry, patents and yeah, stands. Yeah, I mean, isn't that... Um, uh, what is the guy's name from uh, Twilight? Robert Pattinson. Rob, he's mm-hmm. the one in this yep. new one? Yeah, they wouldn't have a, a thing rated R with nope. him in it. Uh, from a, well, eh, that's not true. He there, did the, the Lighthouse. Uh, mm-hmm. and, oh. So it says, from a box office perspective, a PG-13 rating could be the difference between tens of millions of dollars, though they do point out here, Todd Phillips' disturbing R-rated version of the Joker didn't prevent that movie from becoming instantly profitable. That's true. Restricting moviegoers to under the age of 17 likely contributes to the box office shortcomings for the Suicide Squad. No, the Suicide Squad suffered from being called The Suicide Squad and not the original. The first one was called Suicide Squad and the second one was called The Suicide Squad and it was poor marketing. Yeah, it's kind of like when they they did Dumb and Dumber 2 with two different people and yep. then Jim Carrey and um, the other yep. guy came back and did another one. Jeff Daniels. Yeah, Jeff Daniels. Uh, uh, so, uh, Birds of Prey, it says uh, the shortcomings for uh, it says, restricting moviegoers under the age of 17 likely contributed to the box office shortcomings of the Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey uh, during the pandemic. Birds mm-hmm. of Prey was pre-pandemic. That is uh, revisionist history. Um, and that movie had a horrible title as well. The Birds of Prey in the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn might be the worst name for a movie in the history of the world. Mm. Uh, so limiting younger audience members could be, uh, could receive, uh, could be perceived as unwise. If less people forget, the Joker made a billion dollars without a Chinese release. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Uh, so I don't want to hear it. But I just don't think they were ever going to put Batman in an R-rated movie for uh, for more yeah. more uh, for marketable reasons. So, all right. And last story here: Diane Kruger slams Quentin Tarantino over Inglorious Bastards casting. Quote. Mm-hmm. F him. Now yeah. this is uh, this is less about the this article and more about why you should always actually read the article and why nothing in Hollywood is real. Yeah. Okay. It says the 45 year old actress who played Bridget von Hammersmark in the uh, filmmaker's 20, 2009 movie Inglorious Bastards recalled her casting experience during the January 11th episode of Rain with Josh Smith. Uh, though Kruger's role was well received and ultimately earned her a Screen Actors Guild Award for outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role, she claimed that Tarantino, 58, initially didn't want to hire her to play the part. That's mm-hmm. sad. He auditioned everyone. He didn't want to audition me because he saw a movie that I was in that he didn't like, she explained. So he didn't believe in me from the get-go. Literally, the only reason he auditioned me is because there was no one left to audition. According okay. to Kruger, the filmmaker, quote, wouldn't see me in the U.S., and so she had to pay her own plane ticket to Germany to, sec- to secure an audition. So I had to jump through all these hoops that definitely put me put my nose out of joint. But I was like, you know what? F him. I'm going to just do that and prove, uh, and prove that I could. Prove that I could do it. That quote is so grossly out of context mm-hmm. from what you just read up there. I'm going to read it again. I'm just going to do that and prove, prove him that I could do it. So it says, you know what? F him. I'm just going to do that and prove him that I could do that. That is nothing like what they're trying to convey with that quote yeah. up top there. Mm-hmm. A man, like This is why nobody in Hollywood probably listens to anything that people... It's why I, I laugh so much when they get mad at troll, what they call trolls on the internet who mm-hmm. insult them. But then they get this stuff, which is blatantly like, you don't think uh, if this was real, he wouldn't read this article and be like, I gave you a job. We made this great movie together and you're saying F me. Yeah. But that's why you have to read past the freaking headline. Yep. Uh, she added, thankfully it all worked out, but sometimes it just seems so unfair and you've got to change the narrative. That's ironic, given this what is they... such owned. a joke. Yep. Like, the revelation... Okay. Yeah, exactly. The whole story is, is non-issue. Kruger previously spoke about her work experience with Tarantino in 2018 when he was accused of mistreating actors in response to criticism that the Oscar winner once insisted on choking Kruger himself while filming a scene for Inglorious Bastards. The actress took to social media at the time to defend him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to say that my work with Quentin Tarantino with Quentin Tarantino was pure joy. She wrote on her Instagram. He treated me with utter respect and never abused his power or forced me to do anything I wasn't un- I wasn't comfortable with. So the article is dead. That's right a, that's a yeah. non-article. Like the, they just made up a story. This is why you cannot like even with what we do, which is not we're not talking uh, current events like like serious current event issues or or politics or anything serious. We're yeah. talking about celebrities and movies, and you still can't get away from bull like uh, from crap like this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I just thought that that was uh, worth mentioning here. I didn't want to do a full segment on it, but just always, if you read something that is super inflammatory from a celebrity, like if you hear that some guy, some actor you like says something awful mm-hmm. as a headline of an article, read the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just read the headline. Do not you know? just read the headline. It's uh, it's the it's where uh, your brain goes to die if you don't actually read it. People yep. make it. I mean, and I understand from the journalist standpoint. That's money for them. That's They're like, like, how do I get someone to, to read this? Click. Click, click, yeah. click, click. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. Yep. Did you find anything else on the? Um, there's a second article that basically, um, basically verified. So in 2021, they were doing a deal where you can rent it out, uh, three one night stays, 
in October for just five dollars. That's like Halloween's. Uh, it's just got to be wrong. Uh, well, it's because it was a tribute to their twenty fifth anniversary. Okay. Does it? Do they do it any other time of year, or is it? No, just, it was. Just I bet that they because already of, had the people lined up that they were going to be. Fr- they're like, we'll let you and your friends. Maybe they auctioned them or something. Yeah. yeah, and I'm well, sure it was just a PR stunt. Yeah. It might be because it says it's to promote the twenty fifth anniversary of Scream and their upcoming movie that's coming Damn. out in twenty twenty two. We missed it. Damn it! I want to. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go. Brett, I wanna we go. could just go anyway. We could have went. We just walk in. Yeah, go like, like I'm hey, here. We're here to check out the house. <laughs> we should do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seemed like a promotional stunt because it had the screen poster in that pi- in the picture. There was a picture of of uh, David Arquette in front of the house, mm-hmm. and it has like a, a picture of Ghostface in the window. It's clearly promotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. Well, dude, guys, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I Why saved that one man. for last because it was just the funniest one to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I sh- I, I'd love to make, like, a segment, like, calling that crap out, but I it probably won't. Yeah. I mean, I could sit here and talk about that all day. Yeah, dude. That's so, uh, Carter, why don't you go ahead and share with everyone where they can find you on the internets? You can find me on the internet at, um, at Carter Banks 4L, as in for life. At, uh, on Instagram, Carter Banks on Twitter, <laughs> and uh, the Cast Castle vlog, as per usual. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And, uh, yeah. Excellent. Miracle, why don't you share with us where we can find you on social media? I don't have social media because it rots your brain. Uh, legendary advice from a member of Generation Z. Yeah, I just searched it up, so they just updated it. So I am Gen Z. Yeah, you are. Yeah, because you were always Gen Z. You said you weren't, but you were always. Well, you're because, too young to be anything else other than Gen Z. Well, because like um, my birthday, like my birth month is birth month. I mean, my birth, birth year. It's kind of weird because it's ninety nine before two thousand, and like some people, if you read other articles, they said like I'm a weird in between between. Um, between oh, like millennials and Gen Z, I think I'm the edge of the millennial spectrum, and I'm um, thir- and, like I'm the oldest end of the millennial spectrum. What year? I'm eighty six. Oh, 86? Actually, you're... Yeah, you're in the middle. You're the millennials. Yep. So... Uh, guys thank you for watching this episode if you want to follow me you can follow me on Instagram if you mm-hmm. want to talk pop culture I post mostly just skating stuff there but I post pop culture stuff to my uh, s- uh, to my story uh, at oh. Brett Dasovic on Instagram uh, if you guys mm-hmm. go to the YouTube channel uh, please subscribe there I-, I realize I've been telling people to go there but never telling them subscribe yeah turn the bell on for gosh oh, sakes that's a good point watch mm-hmm. the videos leave comments share it uh, exactly. Share mm-hmm. the videos. Uh, and that is Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. And then if you look in the YouTube video descriptions in all the segments, because these are cut up segments from this podcast, you will get a link to the Spotify playlist, which has all the full episodes from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to watch the full episodes, you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Pandora. It is also on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. That is all for now. We will see you back here tomorrow with another episode. Mm-hmm. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.